This is episode number 86 with Tyler Merritt from Nine Line Apparel. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your host, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. Once again, my name's Dave Brown. I'm here with my co-star, Barbara Allen. And each week, we bring you inspiring stories that will not only inspire you, but propel you into action in your own life. And whether they are celebrities or small-town heroes, each guest is a shining example of the American spirit. And today's guest is no exception. Tyler Merritt is the founder of Nine Line Apparel, the relentlessly patriotic company that thrives on starting conversations between those who serve this country and those who enjoy the benefits of that service. While Tyler admits he knows nothing about apparel, he does know his way around business. And in this episode, he shares how he made all the pieces of the entrepreneurial puzzle fit together. Listen in as Tyler talks about his inspiration for his company, his principles for management that has grown nine line to massive success, and his new initiative to end veteran homelessness. Now, without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Tyler Merritt. Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen. I have the awesome honor and pleasure today of speaking with Tyler Merritt. He is the co-founder of Nine Line Apparel and Nine Line Foundation. He's an Army veteran who served our country. Now, Tyler and his brother are taking full advantage of the opportunities they serve to protect as their company is closing in on the $100 million value, which is very exciting. I can only imagine. Patriotism, hope, and trust in one's countrymen is their focus, and they also give back, helping veterans one veteran at a time until recently, kicking it up a little with their Veterans Village Initiative, which I am very excited to talk about as well. Tyler, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Oh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I love what you're doing. I'm not so sure why it took us this long to come around to you, because honestly, if there's any one set of people or company that is more aligned with what we're doing, it I can't find it anywhere you know, outside of you guys. So uh, it's well, really nice to finally meet. Yeah. 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 In person. In person. Well, in close enough in person. I feel like we have a lot of mutual friends too. Yeah. Um, up and around. You know, we just interviewed TK. I hear you're going to be part of that uh, softball yeah. game next year and all that. So yeah, it's like our world. It's not really as big a world as it seems once you get you know, full bore into one community, you find out everyone yeah. knows everybody else. So... I heard some things about you. All true, <laughs> unfortunately. I'd like to say they're lies. So well, they're not. They're you're just assuming they're all bad. Probably. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> all right. So let's dig in a little because you have a cool story. And what we like to focus on here, we're obviously going to talk about Nine Line, uh, both the company and the foundation, because it's really um, just great how you have built that company and a huge lesson to everybody. But what a lot of the people that um, come to us and ask us about, they're sort of in the earlier stages or they're at one level and they're looking to jump to another and they have all these obstacles in the way. And a lot of people are kind of stuck behind those obstacles. So your story and what you've done with everything that's come at you is great. And it serves as an excellent example to the people. And I think, uh, and to us, you know, so I think everyone has a lot to go from you. Plus it's just going to be fun. So, but let's start way back when I know, um, you and your brother both joined the military. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. What prompt? What prompted you to do that? Like- yeah. So uh, for me, it was 9-11. I, I okay. was a high school senior and uh, I live in very close proximity to New York City. I, I was born in Greenwich, uh, grew yeah. up in Stanford. Uh, so about 45 minutes. So a lot of friends, family members were affected. Obviously, uh, it was an atrocious day. And, and I wanted to join the military. My brother had already joined. He was enlisted. Okay. And so... Um, obviously a, a big drive to get to West Point and to eventually, um, get after flying. It's always a passion of mine. I wanted to fly helicopters. I wanted to help people. Wow. So joining, knowing that you're going to go to combat, we live about a half hour from West Point. We're not far from the city. My husband was the first among the responders at world, you know, ground zero that day. So I can relate to that. And I remember seeing his face when he came home from his work and, heard what was happening and grabbed the stuff and and left you know that's uh but to be you know younger than that in high school and have that drive and follow up that's uh, another thing I think entirely um so West Point is it as hard like hard as they say it is easy or not easy but you know more or less than what you hear I will say that uh the saying if it's a great place to be from not at uh, that's but, a good way to put it. Yeah. But if you if you look back, and obviously in the totality, it, it was a great time. Uh, you had to worry about really yourself. And, yeah. and you worried about that self-development, that uh, self-improvement, you know, be as physically fit, mentally fit, um, morally fit. Kind of drill that into you for four years. Uh, and you get to meet some incredible lifelong friends, uh, especially the people that make it all the way through. You know, we started with 1,350 yeah. and we graduated with under 900. So it's a slight uh, attritional model. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So is there a moment from your service, whether deployed or not deployed, that you can remember as being, like, you know, you have one of those days where you're like, yes, this is why I'm doing exactly what I'm doing, right? Do you have any any day like that that you can think of? Doesn't matter whether it's at West Point or after here at home deployed. Where the yeah, kids, yeah. Everyone just wants to get overseas and get after it. You know, after four years of going to school, and I went to, straight to flight school, and I learned to fly a tank. You know, Apaches are a pretty cool aircraft, yeah. but they've got one mission, and, and it's to close with and destroy bad guys who are trying to do bad things to our people. Yeah. And it's something that you're you're kind of looking forward to. Uh, and for me, it was, you know, first week in, in Iraq, uh, first first actual combat mission, got to go and help individuals who uh, needed help. And it's great to actually meet those people on the ground afterwards and talk to them and to see that we made a difference. Because there's nothing more calming than when you're under fire and a tank flies overhead. Uh, yes, so I've heard. Calms, yeah. calms situations uh, quite a bit. Yeah. So, and I think that's an important thing, which I also like to kind of grab onto when I talk to people who have served and been over there. You know, there's a, I, I have a lot of people that I know in the military community. I am a military family. Um, but to hear that that service, especially I think for the family members, right, who, whether, um, you know, you're like us and you lose someone or you don't lose someone, they come back to you and, you have all these struggles or whatever it is after just hearing that the service mattered, right. To know that you're going through what you're going through for a reason. 
um, as opposed to what you necessarily see out there in the news and the stories that come out there and come hammering at us. So hearing somebody that served, knowing that it had a purpose and, you know, you feel like your service had a purpose. Yeah, it, yeah. My, my daughter this entire weekend had, was very curious about my military service for whatever yeah. reason. She's eight years old. She asked a million questions. So we're, Good for uh, her. We're, on our, yeah, we're, we're on our way <laughs> downtown Savannah. We're going to go ride some bicycles around. And all she wanted to ask about was, you know, the bracelet that I wear or the, the friends that, that I don't have with me or why uh, I joined the military. Uh, would I be okay with her joining the military? All of these things. What could she do? She doesn't like to hurt people. She wants to be a nurse. Oh. But you have to explain it and break it down to a child of what? why did you leave for a year at a time? Yeah. And it was uh, a calling. It's a profession of arms. And I enjoyed every single day that I was in the military. And they always say, if you don't enjoy your job, change it. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, I, you know, I would have stayed in. I, I was medically retired. So it was, oh, you were? Uh, okay. it was easier to kind of segue out. But uh, I, I really do miss it. I enjoyed every opportunity to go and serve with some incredible people. All right. So how, when you came home, I'm sure you're aware, I know you're aware um, that a lot of times our veterans will kind of hit this gap, right? And some people fall into the gap. Some people are able to get through it, over it, whatever it is. But how was that for you when you got home? Did you hit that like, oh, my God, what do I do now? Or was it an easier yeah. service for you? Yeah, no, I, I don't think I want to propose anyone following my footsteps. Uh, I, I didn't transition as well, and I made a lot of mistakes. So um, learn from other people's mistakes, for sure, and try to do better. But I think there's a lot uh, more openness. People are trying to be uh, open about their feelings. How, how, what are they going and verbalize it rather than just internalize it? Yeah. It's difficult. So was there like, were you able to find work when you got home or was there a period where you didn't know what you were I doing? Think, I think for me and a lot of other guys in say this, uh, communities that we decided to join, yeah. um, it's not about a lack of work. It's about direction and purpose. Right. Uh, I can find a lot of things to do, but I was constantly filling the voids of time, you know, anything to stop me from having to go to sleep. And uh, trying to turn your your brain off meant that you'd start thinking about things that you didn't want to think about. Yeah. Um, and then that's really the struggle. And that's the transitional issues that people run into. It's not about finding work. I get some incredible people who come here from the Ranger Battalion, 160th Special Ops, and uh, they, they enjoy life here. But they're still trying to find that, you know, they're gone the time and now they're back with their wife and their kids and it's it's a new introduction um, yeah. into a normal way of life yeah so what were some of the first things that you did you know because you didn't just come home then and start nine line yeah no nine line was started while on active duty okay um so actually I, it was in 2012 it was myself and my wife uh and we started doing the custom apparel for other military units um and then eventually my brother left the military and about a year later moved into our house. Uh, and we started you know, the brand Nine Line um, as, as something 
that meant more than, uh, say, the brands that we were using, the Gildans, the Nikes, that didn't really resonate yeah. with uh, who we were. And that's kind of how the, the brand launched. Uh, it was how to bridge the gap between those who serve and those who don't. How do you have that conversation right. um, so that veterans initiatives and veteran concerns are, are voiced? Because a lot of times we're taught you know, to, to shut up and just do your job. It, it's absolutely true. It's our, yeah. I can't go and say anything about our commander in chief. I can't go and voice my opinions publicly. I just have to do my job. Right. So, so I mean, was apparel something that you guys knew about your, you and your wife or when, like, how did that, did you just say, uh, like, yeah, how did you, how did you myself? learn? Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, no, it, it was so easy being in the military. You wore uh, camouflage. <laughs> yeah. So when I stained it all up, it didn't matter. I just had my kids like wipe their boogers and stuff all over me. <laughs> Uh, and, and it, it was matching. So, you know, I had my boots, I had pants and shirt and it was all color coordinated. It was great. And in the mornings now I wake up and my wife, you know, she's a nurse and we're kid, putting kids stuff together, trying to feed them, get everyone out the door. And she sees me and I get dressed and she's like, no, that's <laughs> go back, fix yourself. That's just <laughs> Try all again. Uh, so no, I, I have no experience, knowledge in the apparel industry, but what I enjoy is, uh, technology, the backend development and, um, managing systems. So as, as a systems engineer, so it's the puzzle of business that I enjoy. The puzzle of business, which is the part that most people hate. So you, you always need someone like you who likes yeah. the, the stuff that other people hate. So who is the, who is the apparel person then who likes and enjoys apparel and so you have left brain right brain right yeah, yeah. uh so miles burke is my coo okay. i used to pick him up from scad which is the savannah college of art and design okay uh it's the number two or one i don't know who you talk to art design school in the country uh and i would pick him up and we'd go to wild wings we'd build websites and talk about this uh apparel company we're going to start uh so he's a co-founder as well um and it's great to have that you know, no experience in the military, no knowledge of background, no affiliation from yeah. Boston, Massachusetts, this guy with a curly mustache right now. <laughs> it's, he's great. And he's, he's just the nicest human being in the world, smartest, most driven, uh, incredible artist. So he is that side. Uh, and then we, we both kind of meet in the middle of technology. Uh, we both enjoy that kind of puzzle. So it's, again, bringing civilians, you know, non-military, non-police yeah. to, to have an understanding and respect for uh, the trials and tribulations of, say, first responders and military members. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then how did you go from the idea at Wild Wings to opening your company? It, it goes with the mantra that I got at West Point. It's, um, it's inscribed in my ring. It says ready, fire, aim. Yep. And uh, a lot of times you have to shoot from the hip. And, and, you know, I'll tell you that engagements overseas, if I'm, you know, shooting off access with very close proximity and wrong fields of view, you know what? I'm still pulling triggers because I don't have that much time to get it perfect. Right. Uh, I'm going to get it good enough. And that's kind of the same mentality is you sometimes have to shoot from the hip and just adjust and pivot. And I'm never getting everything right. I'm messing up a thousand things just one time and then learning. Yeah. All right. So at work, I know I've seen a couple or read a couple of interviews and watched a couple of interviews with you as part of prepping for today. Um, and what? 
something that I personally like are the stories about the per- the practical jokes because that's how I roll too. Too, I'm always messing with people. It's fun. I agree with your philosophy. You got to know what's funny and what's not funny, right? Yeah. So you know, it does piss me off too. And you pull a joke on someone, and then they go like actually break something or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell, man? Like that's not like, funny. But, yeah, I'm like, no, no, no. That's yeah, yeah. No, like cool. that's not funny. There's like funny, not funny. So I feel like maybe that could be like a second career, like teaching the, the art of practical jokes, right? Uh-huh. But like teaching common sense. Yes, like if you want a practical joke, we're gonna hook you up because some people just should be banned. They should just be yeah. banned. So, but are there? Do you guys do that at work? Like, what's the work? work environment there at nine line do you mess around with each other or is it all like unfortunately everyone messes around there we've got babies coming out all over the place just kidding <laughs> uh we do have a lot of pregnancy I, i've been there done that too <laughs> yeah. but uh no everyone everyone's very lighthearted it's very yeah. uh, open the uh, cool part is that people hang out after work uh by yeah. choice uh would they stay later to you know shoot the shit drink a beer after hours you know because never during work not not around machinery (laughs) i'm gonna just specify not around machinery okay Uh, but you know everyone gets work done and yeah we mess around with people when we go on the road and you know i I like the stuff where it's just very subtle you know we went out to do an interview hanging out with carl malone and we're out in a 5.11 tactical store, and he was wearing a bunch of stuff there. So I slowly but surely just started putting on the same clothes that he's wearing, like the same flannel <laughs> shirt, the same pants. I eventually bought the same shoes, and then I got the same hat. And while we're sitting down to interview, I took off my hat, and I put on the same hat he's wearing, and he kind of just looks at me up and down. He's like, are you absolutely amazing? Uh, yep. <laughs> but, you know, it's stuff like that is just silly. It's fun. It yeah. breaks up the, the monotony. We've got Nerf guns. We're not Nerf gun fighting all the time, but sometimes someone just being a jerk, just popping them in the back of the head. Look, you know? Sometimes they just need it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes Absolutely. it's just called for. It's just time to go. All right. So what was it like then? When So you started off this company and you're doing okay. And then you've had a huge growth in the past couple of years. And it seems like, like a puppy starts to grow and then they're just freaking growing. Right. So what was it like when that growth spurt hit? Well, it started with a growth spurt and it never stopped. Okay. It's really just managing the growth, yeah. uh, not angering people, not growing too big that you're uh, not staying true to your core competencies and values. Uh, so we can continue to grow like a weed, it's just uh, doing it responsibly. So in the beginning, it was just me and my wife. And then we took on just family members as employees. And Dude, that's horrible, dangerous. Horrible ideas. Uh, <laughs> but then, you know, you, you learn from a lot of these yeah. things and you start professionalizing them. Now we have almost 200 employees, uh, you know, like a couple family members. I got my dad and my aunt, my uncle still working here. Um, but it's, and my wife, but... Uh, and your wife. Every, yeah, everyone, <laughs> but everyone else, you know, it, it becomes family. Yeah. So we we really do care about one another. And that's, you know, obviously the true keys to success for the people. It's managing human capital. Yeah. So now you have this explosive growth. And I got I to gotta talk. We won't like go so far into it because I know you've probably talked this to death. But it did just happen. It's that Super Bowl ad and the issue. So, I mean... 
You saw that you had to have seen that happen to Grunt Style last year where they yeah. were denied. Did you then expect like, hey, maybe we could face the same thing? Or were you like, no, they did it to Grunt Style. They got called out. They're not going to do it to us either. Well, th there's a difference between, you know, doing something, knowing that you're going to get turned down and mm -hmm. then, you know, hoping that you don't. So we had planned them to say yes we will let you do this super bowl ad but we're not going to spend a million dollars on the production quality i think i spent like 25 grand total yeah. getting the entire thing up and running which is nothing you know in a super bowl in commercial super bowl, ad. yeah you know, why would you keep it low budget well first of all i wanted to keep it real uh which you don't get much more real than mark guy survivor than guy yeah. i just got off the phone with him a couple minutes ago yeah. uh doing a bunch of other stuff together and then, uh, you know, I, I had my, my buddy that uh, we built a house for. You can't see it, but he's he's got missing his legs. He's a EOD soldier. Um, and then you've got an employee of mine who's a former Ranger bad guy for a yeah. bar recipient. He's, this is a real video that I think would resonate more with the real human beings who watch the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, but they're so out of touch with what people want to see, what they care about. Uh, they let the garbage be spewed by Nike. So yeah, I bankrolled and I had taken out, you know, lines of credit, millions of dollars in lines of credit that Bank of America, if they called and said, hey, will you prepay for this ad? I would say yes, but they didn't even give me a bill. Like everyone right. said, oh, the, the, it was this expensive. You know that they don't publish how much it costs until afterwards, right? Yeah. So you submit the ad. They say yes or no based on content. So they didn't say no for content. Then they said a credit check and said, hey, get this back to us soon. 12 hours later, I got it back to them. The references included names with the end that ended at handy.com, handy.com, and then bankofamerica.com. Uh, and they only contacted one. They asked one question. Does Tyler or Nineline pay bills on time every time? And the answer was yes. And then they never called the banker to say, how much money do you have? So they just denied us for credit. Right. And so, yeah, do I think that it would have been very expensive? Absolutely. Do I think it would have been very successful uh, if it would have ran? Absolutely. It yeah. would have absolutely created a conversation and it, it would be the center of attention on my company instead of Nike. Right. Because that's what Nike did. They said, hey, I want to be the center of attention. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah. I say, look at me. I put my money and my mat, like words, I, I take it to action. I, I want to see what Nike does. They don't stand for anything. I, I say that we do. And that's why I like the mantra of just stand for something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the commercial uh, will hopefully air next year. Because Fox News said that they will let us do it. And we're already talking to them about it. Awesome. Um, so let's talk about your company mantra there. Uh, you know, how you separate... Or the line between like politics and patriotism, you know, is there a line or isn't really a line uh, between the two? Like patriotism isn't dependent on politics, but your company, um, and that's something that we scream out into the mountains too. It's like, you know, it irritates us as well that people are getting so caught up in all this crap going on out there that they're, you know, patriotism is like the casualty of it all, right? And just because yeah. people are pulling these strings and everybody's reacting. So patriotism, hope, and trust in one's countrymen, countrymen uh, is a, a line that is attached to, to Nine Line. What does that mean to you? Um, 
you know, can you explain a little like where that came from and why that's important to you? And when you, you know, expand yeah, on that I, a little. Yeah, absolutely. So I think when it really boils down to it, uh, standing for specific values at West Point, the mantra is duty, honor, country. You know, words have meanings. Each of those words can be broken down. You can have a seminar for yeah. months yeah. Uh, about it. And what I boil it down to is what, what do I teach my children? You know, what do I explain to them when we're talking about why we go to war? What am I explaining to them about symbolism? Uh, the American flag, for me, it means something because it, it resonates with the idea of you know, draping that flag over a casket, folding that flag, handing it to um, the survivor of uh, a service member. Yeah, it, and that's some of the things that you know, it resonates. Uh, the national anthem, you know, the words themselves. And what you're supposed to be thinking about and paying homage to, that means something. So those are just a couple of acts and symbols that I teach my children. This is important to show respect, just like it's important to show respect to people of different faiths, of uh, different ethnicities, to understand culture. You know, I travel around the world, uh, a lot of places, really not good places, Uh, whether it be South America or even Peninsula, Iraq, Afghanistan, all the other great, wonderful places in the world. Uh, and, and cultures are all different. But if you ever read that book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, it boils it down. Really, really simple by Dale Carnegie. It's, yeah. you know, it's one of the best known books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just don't be a jerk. Just don't be an ass. <laughs> just be don't respect. be an asshole. That's it's it. Good. sums it all up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm from Greenwich, Connecticut. So we have yeah. people who are asking us, are we still at war? And I'm like, it's 2008. Yes. My friend over here just lost his legs while we're raising money. Uh, You know, there's a big disconnect. Yes. There's no military base anywhere nearby. And then it's uh, looked down upon, you know, Oh, you couldn't get into regular college. Like, uh, no, nobody actually said that to one. But they don't mean to be disrespectful. That's just their culture. Is Someone actually to- looked you in the eye after you said you went to West Point and said, yeah. oh, you couldn't get into it. Have you ever been I to can't. Greenwich, Connecticut? It's, I mean, it's, uh, it's a different world. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, it, my God. Social elites that set policy. Yeah. Uh, because they own NFL teams. You know, these are the oh owners. God. These are the ones that are so disconnected with reality because they're generational wealth, because they don't understand what it actually is to earn a dollar or beyond dollars that there's things beyond money yeah. that means stuff to people. Like I could give two craps about at some point you have enough money that yeah. you don't have to worry about it. Your kids don't have to worry about it. And then what? Yeah. Uh, oh my God. So what did you say to that? Per- I've had a lot of people say a lot of dumb shit to me. Right. And, and a lot of it is pe- they just don't get it. Like they're, they're trying to say something nice and they just say something that makes you just want to like take their face and like slam it into the ground. Right. <laughs> but you know, obviously you can't do that for real. Right? Or well, maybe you it, can like, what do you, what do you personally say when somebody comes up to you and says, Oh, Tyler, I'm not going to mention so- what exactly I said, but I did, yeah. you know, sarcastically crush their soul uh, <laughs> in the nicest way that they didn't even realize it. Yeah. But, else did. but it, it down here yeah. in, in Savannah, the reason I love the fact that, that I live in Savannah is that everyone is genuinely nice. And when they encounter jerks, they say the same thing over and over. Oh, bless his them. heart. Exactly. Oh, bless your and heart. And it's the yes. nicest way to say F you and yeah. you're an idiot. But I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to be nice. Yes. And everyone else knows 
exactly around like what that person just said and yeah. people from say the you know new york city district area like bless my heart i just insulted you <laughs> <laughs> that's an idiot yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, that's what you have to do you you, you have to and, and me i got rid of you know all the toxicity in my life and there's a lot of things that i, I personally am not a person who should drink liquor so that's not in my life uh, it, because it, it's it's consuming, and there's sometimes yeah. there's toxic individuals. Yes. You know them, friends or family members yeah. that just no matter what you try to do good, and you can never do enough, and they just will take more and more time and time and time. It, yeah. You have to get rid of those yeah. and set the example for your kids. Just not let that toxicity toxicity in your life, and bring good people around you. You know, people who care about shared common values, not creating cults like right. you know. Uh, that's a good point to make. Yeah. You know, building a strong family-based relationship where yeah. I, I encourage people to go spend time with family. If we're, if it's not the crazy season here, go on vacation. It, it gets crazy busy, but set aside time for your family because it's, it's something that I do a horrible job at. You want to do better. Mm -hmm. uh, but everyone here really cares about the initiatives that we do, you know, giving back to the community, giving back to those less fortunate and I think they, they like that. They're proud to work here. Yeah. And so. and that's a culture that huge corporations can learn from, right? Because when you have people who are invested in what they're doing, your whole company is going to run better when people actually care and don't walk in already, like looking at a time clock, waiting to leave and go out. Like when they walk in and they're actually focused on their job and everyone's working together. It's just, it's better overall for a company. It, it's true. You say? Yeah. We'll have to learn how to decentralize. And that's the hardest part is that these large organizations and I've been part of the largest organization uh, in the country. I mean, the, the army, special operations, man, our budget, our people, yeah. it's, uh, it's incredible, but the decision-making is so slow uh, until you can get to an organization that decentralizes. That's what, I mean, that's why special operations does so much better than big army with getting things done quickly and yeah. being agile. Uh, but it's, it's, it's hard to become large and yeah. not stovepipe the decision-making. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to someone yesterday, um, or last week we interviewed someone who was a green beret. And when we're talking about the military life, he's like, well, I don't really know how the army runs. I was a green beret. <laughs> he's like, you know, so yeah. Totally yeah. It, separate. It, it, he's they, like, they, we, they, we they did our job. Yeah. Push it down to the lowest level, which yeah. is empowering. It's incredible. It's nerve wracking, especially when you're in foreign countries and you have suitcases full of cash and you're doing what's quote unquote called, you know, hood rat stuff. Uh, but it's awesome. And it's exciting. And you get a sense of confidence in your abilities to go and network and do these, you know, high level operations. And it totally translates into the civilian world. Um, for those organizations, those individuals, they don't realize how valuable their skill set is. Um, they figure it out once they start entering the corporate world and they just blow past their peers. Yeah. You know, when you're up against someone who is like a little nervous about what if I try this and fail and you're like, you know, <laughs> all right, you no, just sit there and think you. about it. I'll just be over here doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Big difference. All right. So um, you all sit around. I saw something as well that the whole the T-shirt designs and you have 
a lot of them. And they're funny and they're sarcastic, a lot of them, which I dig. Um, so it's like a community. You guys just sit around, toss out ideas, and everybody gets to jump in and offer ideas except, for T-shirts. Except designs. for me. Except, except for, for you. Me. I was going to ask you that. I was literally, I have it written down. Have you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, 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 I get to come up with a lot yeah. of ideas. Yeah. Um, and I throw them out there. And then these guys take them and, and run with them by a lot. I mean, a couple of good ones. Uh, I, I'll take partial uh credit for the idea of the just stand campaign and that's about it uh that's about that it. recent history these guys are really autonomous they just come up there's you know 10 of them that just come up with some incredible ideas and they bring in outside ideas so you know we have 200 people here and they welcome everyone yeah. else so it's it's an open environment for people to say hey you know what i was thinking about a shirt like this yeah so what's one of your favorite shirts? First answer comes to your head. Uh, share around with ISIS. It's one of those things <laughs> I that saw I feel that like one. <laughs> sharing is caring. It's, you should share as much as possible. I did uh, see that one. I'm like, oh, they did not. But yeah, no, that's fun. Yeah, Coca-Cola didn't like it, but uh, it's. Uh, I don't know what they're talking about. They said there's a resemblance. They I don't know. Pepsi's better than Coke anyway. Yeah. So. I can't say that, but a taste test done by me. You know, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right. So have you ever had a moment when you started or since you started Nine Line um, where you were like, oh, man, like maybe this wasn't such a good idea or maybe I could have done something easier or different or every, day. every day. But you know what? Every That's day. actually a great answer. I think that means you're doing it right. Like, uh, sure. Everyone always wants something yeah. different than what they're currently doing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grass is definitely always greener on the neighbor's side. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I think everyone gets stressed about life all the time. I'm definitely not an exception, but I love coming to work every day. Yeah. It's not the people. It's just the stresses of work and the stresses of responsibility. But once you realize that that's never going to change until uh, apparently you die or win the lottery. Oh, stop uh, it. Jesus. <laughs> Let's talk, we're talking truth. Yes, we uh, are no. talking truth. It's, but. it's not, but it's not a morbid. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just dealing with it. It's figuring out what makes you happy. Like this right. weekend, I got to hang out with friends, family members, uh, employees, kids, all running around my house. I had motorcycles running around. You know, teaching my eight-year-old how to ride a dirt bike for the first time. Going downtown, eating some good food. You know, yeah. I live for those moments and then the stresses of the week my days start really early they go really late boohoo it happens to everyone yeah. just drive on or those little carrots that you're moving towards the the weekends with your kids right. uh for me it's a we do a once a year family vacation at the end of the christmas rush we get away for a week uh, my wife's uh, panamanian so we try to go somewhere uh Sweet. southern and yeah. warm and well, that, sitting in here in New York, Savannah, Georgia is Southern and warm. Just that's saying. True. It's all relative. She's Panamanian. How did you guys meet? Uh, her father was my flight instructor at flight school. Oh, you like to live on the edge. <laughs> we met a week before I started flight school. Um, and then I got moved all of a sudden into this new flight school class without any of my friends. It's like, cause we were all came from West Point. We we're all in the same class together. Yeah, yeah. And I got the Ranger flight and I'm like, that's weird. And then, uh, the person that, you know, in 
charge of it. The dark sunglasses, bigger guy, had a, a special forces tattoo on his forearm. I'm like, Angela, is your father by uh, last name McCabe, uh, Ben McCabe? She's like, oh, yeah, he's a former special something. It's like, awesome. Uh, and he told me every day how much he hated me. He would uh, threaten to kill me on a regular basis. Uh, it was very distracting trying to learn how to fly helicopters. Oh, that's so, freaking awesome, though. Are you going to do the same thing to your daughter when she brings a dude home? I have plans. You have plans. I have many plans. <laughs> I have plans yeah. for joking and plans for serious. Nice. So, just in case they ever watch this. <laughs> I'm going to stick with the mantra of whatever you do to her, I'm doing to you. And then I should solve all problems. Ooh, I so. pulled some of those lines on my son. When my son went to take my car to take his girlfriend out for a date, I'm like, yeah, you could take my car. But here you go. Just so you know, whatever you're thinking of doing that car, I've already done. He's like, my <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and there's cameras everywhere. And, and then, you know, I went on from there and he's like, Jesus. Yeah. But you know what? You got to, you got to make it, you got to make it count, man. You got to ram that home if you, if you want it to matter. I want, like I've got the watches where you can track them, you know, just in case. And they have the button where they can push and it like calls the police. But I want to step it up one notch. Like I want to get some type of embed, like to put in their neck or something. So you can't take <laughs> it out. And then like a drone that can automatically... <laughs> deploy with some type of weapon uh, with, some with some type of weapon like a nerf weapon and escalate it <laughs> to like a taser followed by a 50 cal i don't see what the problem is with that i think that should be fine i think i'm, a, I'm okay up until the 50 cal part. Uh, that i mean you might run into trouble with the taser just saying some people may have a oh, problem I mean, with just, that. not from a legal standpoint from just the, oh. the Oh, you mean like actually? From standpoint, uh, oh, like actually it, making it happen, right? Well, I already know this is all illegal. It has nothing to do with it. I Developmentally down. wise, you may have some problem with the weapon. That's freaking excellent. You know, someone out there is going to write the shit. Actually, murder one of my daughter's boyfriends in the future. This tape will be used in a court of law. He was just killed by a drone with a cal on it. Premeditated murder. No, I don't see why that would be scary at all to anybody. And she, the oldest one is eight. She's eight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You got some time. She's like twenty years till she starts dating. So I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I have a thirteen-year-old stepdaughter now. It's a whole new world. She's not the thir same thirteen I was. Let's just well, say my, that. My wife is a bikini fitness model. Oh so my I'm god! Thing that our daughters look like me. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. All right. I know we digress, but I love to do that. It's fun. Okay. So for anybody who hasn't served like in the military, a law enforcement, first responder, or isn't a family member who kind of sees and, and lives, you know, the byproduct of that, if you will, um, what kind of, what message would you like to say to them? about, you know, country and politics versus patriotism? I mean, you know, the current climate, like, what are your thoughts? Like, what would you say to someone who is, like, screaming about how this country sucks or we're all doomed or there's I no mean, opportunity if, here? Just in general, are you talking to other service members that are serving? Or? No, no, not to a service member, to someone with no attachment yeah. to any service, military, law enforcement, first responding, you know, people who are out there doing what? that stuff. 
yeah, for, for the guys who are serving, I'd say that you're already doing it uh, and yeah, just yeah. keep doing your thing and people give them platitudes. And I know that I get them still. Uh, sometimes you get frustrated. Just uh, you're, you're doing some incredible things. And for the people who have never served, uh, it, nothing against them right. at all. It's uh, just to have the respect and appreciation for those who are willing to, to make that open sacrifice. And then a lot of it, you just don't understand. Uh, what some of these guys, buddies of mine, are doing to this day to right. keep you safe, and you'll never know, and they don't right. want you to know. You know that the seals who jump around and say, "Hey, I killed this person, I did that." It's a team effort. Okay. Uh, that's what most people believe, and they also believe in quiet professionals. You, you're never going to know the things that we stopped from right. uh, happening. Um, and so to have an appreciation for those individuals and to give a benefit of the doubt. And there's bad apples out there, but don't let them define the organization, you know, the police, the firefighters, uh, the, the military members. Um, for, for understanding what patriotism is, true patriotism, yeah. it's understanding that there's problems and a million problems, but then taking action to fix it uh, the right way. You know, we live in the freest, most amazing country and i say that from experience and i'd say that yeah. talking to people who've immigrated here family members friends you know they have incredible opportunity here and they don't take it for granted and they don't whine and complain like children yeah uh, without a plan on how to fix it so I, i'd say to go take action in your community and uh yeah. I, I like the idea of uh, you know think globally act locally so if we can set the example here yeah. of how a for-profit can meet with some nonprofits and meet with uh, government entities and say, hey, I can fix this problem. We'll call it veteran homelessness. Yeah, that's a perfect segue. Yep. So I can't do it by myself. Right. Uh, but can we all come together and identify that this is the problem and here's a course of action? Now let's head down that course of action. Let's stop talking about it. Just start freaking moving. Yeah. And if it adjusts, we'll adjust. We're smart people. And we'll find a way for it to work if we can put just a little bit of time, money, and effort into it. Yeah. So you're talking um, about work you're doing with Nine Nine Foundation. And sure. the, it's, and the, it's an example, yeah. but not, right. not necessarily uh, specific to maybe there's uh, similar issues with similar homelessness in different affinity groups. Maybe it's, and I know it's a fact because right. I'm on boards for other foundations but it's say just women with children who need right. affordable housing. Whatever it is, look into the problem, understand it, learn as much as you can, yeah. and then come up with a course of action to fix it. Awesome. So can we talk quickly then about Nine Lane Foundation? Because what you, what you all are doing there is really cool. And this is part of what we love about your whole company itself. You know, we talk about life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, but we always feel like they leave off the dangling ends, the responsibility to give back and help other people do the same, you know, who need it. And you guys do that. You're giving back, you're helping other veterans who maybe have you know, other problems attacking them where they're kind of caught in that gap and, and falling through. So can you talk about this veterans village that you're starting or working on? You yep. already started is really cool. Can you tell a little bit about that? Man, uh, we have, where do, where do you bring, begin? Yeah. So it, the initiative itself, 
is a massive project with a lot of people involved uh, bringing this whole thing together. Uh, for us, our involvement came after we finished our last house in April uh, for an individual home. Um, and, and we built houses around the country for a severely wounded veteran who has a support network, a family, yeah. uh, friends nearby. So they're all around the country. Yeah. The last one was in Texas, then it was Kentucky, it was D.C. Uh, we were going to do one here in Savannah. The individual ended up losing his support network. It was a very atrocious situation. Had to get a lot of legal, police, people involved. Uh, not going into specifics, but he has a support network. And there's a lot of people in that same situation. Uh, and when you're talking about uh, blind, uh, you know, double, triple amputees with mental issues, there's a level of care that maybe we can't provide because we're an all-volunteer force, but there's organizations out there. Yeah. Uh, but we did find that there's a lot of individuals that don't have a support network and have no home. You know, you're homeless veterans, right. that there's a reason they're on the street is because they've hit rock bottom or they're very, very close to hitting that rock bottom. Uh, and there's a large number of them that want to get out. They don't know how to reach out to friends and family or they just don't have any. They've isolated themselves. Uh, they've got into drugs and alcohol, but now they want to get out. They've uh, made some poor life decisions and they want to fix it. And these are guys who have finished basic training. They've served mm -hmm. in the military. They've shown that they had the physical and mental ability to hold a very difficult position yeah. in the past. Um, so we want to get them off the street as a homeless uh, initiative to get them off the street as a housing first. Uh, followed by training, uh, working with Georgia Southern and creating vocational training programs uh, in the in the art of aquaponics uh, as something that you can see the fruits of your labor. You can actually yeah. see the products being uh, cultivated and produced, and you can learn the business model behind selling those produce. That's cool. And start spinning off different businesses and the proceeds from those businesses all going back into the nonprofit. So to create this self-sustaining ecosystem. So in theory. I don't need government funding and yeah. I don't want it. I'm actually turning it down. Uh, Good for you, man. I, that's, that's you killer. Know, I yeah. want to show that we can yeah. do this on our own through yeah. volunteerism. You know, we've got people who show up in our property and there'll be 50, 60 volunteers. We're building houses and we're building this and we're doing these other things. Um, so we could do a lot with a little bit of money. You're talking hundreds of thousands, maybe a couple million dollars and we'll um, have this thing complete by the end of the year that's the plan but there's a lot of people working together i've got georgia southern yeah. uh representatives on their way here in a couple hours we're talking about our aquaponics initiative that's uh, cool so it's and, just trying to bring everyone together and coordinate it yeah and the amount of volunteers that came out even to help build on that on those days when you were building i was seeing that 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 you had a bunch of volunteers show up and people bringing their kids out to show them about giving back. So the ripple effect of what you're doing is you're also cultivating a community that loves to give back and loves to work together to give back. So imagine what's going to happen after this initiative, you know, after these houses are done, this project is done. Now you're going to have all these people who maybe have gotten to know each other and work together and like, okay, what are we going to do next? You know, and they can go tackle oh, yeah. something else. And that's really so cool to to do. All right. So here, as we wind down, we're going to talk, we talk a lot here at American Snippets about the American dream. This may be mildly redundant because we did touch on some of this before, but 
part of why we started this is we got tired of hearing everybody say like how screwed this country is and how there's no opportunity. And we believe the American dream is alive and well available to anybody who wants it. So I would like to ask you, to you, like, how do you define the American dream? Uh, I'd say it's where you see an opportunity to, to, to go after whatever it is that makes you happy and the barriers to entry are you. Um, you know, there's no predefined destiny as it is in other countries where you're born into a class, you're going to live in that class, you're not going to leave that class. You're not yeah. going to be given an opportunity to get a small business loan. You're not going to be given an opportunity to go to get free public education. Uh, and if you do, you know, it really doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. Uh, so there's really nothing that's stopping you from achieving those smart goals, those realistic goals, if you set them. Uh, and then you give up the things that are in the way, toxic individuals, toxic habits, uh, yeah. and just stay focused. Awesome. So if there was somebody that I could call now, anybody in the world who that you haven't met that I could send over to your office today, you could spend the rest of the day with, hanging out, learning from, messing with, whatever it is you want to do, who would that be? Man. So is this like a fanboy crush? Like I can they say, who, wear their skin? Yeah, whatever, whatever you want. Like, uh, is it is this like a, a business person that I want to meet with? No, is this, this is athlete. Is this anybody? A, like, I just wave my wand and poof, they show up in your office. Are they living or dead? They have to be just, alive. They have to be currently alive. Yeah, my magic wand is Dang. only so good. Yeah, currently alive. Uh, currently <laughs> alive. That's it. They have to have a pulse. You know what? That's that's a really rough one. I, I think from you know a <laughs> business standpoint, I would love to pick the brain of uh, either people like the Jeff Bezos, and I know he yeah. gets a lot of controversy and it's left and right, and it has nothing to do with anything other than what a brilliant mind. Yeah. Uh, to create that ecosystem, it's disrupted the world. Uh, so I'd love, love to know kind of how he feels about it. Kind of like the same thing with Zuckerberg. Yeah. You created the social media phenomenon, but what you did is you almost destroyed um, humanity. Yeah. I don't know how to say it other than I have to constantly talk to my children about there's a real world. Yes. And there's things that you work for. And these two individuals disrupted it for the world, you know, where yeah. everything's at your fingertips. You, know, and you can get it at a click of a button uh, and everything you do matters. So it's like gluttony yeah. and self-reflection all tied together. They made billions and billions and billions of dollars, but are they going to regret it? Can really make the world better or worse? Yeah, um, I can't say anything because I use them all the time, and I'm guilty of it. But I know that now I'm trying to get back to the ways of you know talking to people and making them put their phone down. Yes, and. You know, understand what it's like to wait for something and being worthwhile. Oh, I can just get it on Amazon tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to pick their brain and see, you know, are they happy with what they've done? Or do they feel like they might have destroyed the world? Yeah, interesting, because we've had people say those names before, but nobody with those questions. And those are now I want to ask them that. That's a whole other topic to go down. Because it's true. Yeah. It is very thought super smart. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> You're uh, super smart, right? For a Monday morning too. Yeah, like look at the impact those two people had. They changed everything, the whole you know, playing ground for everyone. 
All right, Tyler, thank you and then so I was much. Oh, but he died, I'm just saying. Who? Hugh Hefner's dead. Hugh Hefner's dead. Hefner, but he's dead. Yeah. Other than the easiest, most, you know, jar-headed army thing to say. Um, but I went with something thought-provoking on that. No, it's not bad. I know. It's a fun question to ask. And sometimes people ask us. I'm like, oh, depending on the day, I say someone else. But yeah, no, it's, it's just fun to think about. So thank you very much, Tyler, for being with us today. I know you got a lot going on. And we're happy to see you have a lot going on. If people want to find out more about Nine Line Foundation, giving back to the community, or they just want to go to Nine Line and buy, buy some of your cool stuff, tell us where to send them. Yeah, well, if you go to ninelinefoundation.org, you'll learn about uh, all the events that we have coming up. Our 5K, 10K is the next thing that's coming uh, here. We've got some really cool, interesting celebs that will be there. Uh, so be on the lookout. And then uh, we we have a lot of stuff on ninelineapparel.com if you like uh, high fashion um, <laughs> apparel. High fashion. It's cotton t-shirts, but they were the most comfortable shirts I'll ever wear and 100% satisfaction guarantee. So you can always just return it and make me lose money. <laughs> yeah, but in the long run, then you gain money because that's a loyal client you have. You know, if you stand by your no, own, people true. are going to come back to you. Yeah. But if you just hate me and you're like, you know what? I just want to order this shirt, stick it up and send it back. You could do that too. You could do that too. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, people. If you really have nothing better to do with your lives and you just want to mess with someone, Order a nine line shirt, sync it up, send it back. <laughs> That's crazy. Jokes on you. I, I collect those. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for taking time today. All right. There you have it. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. But also personally, I'd like to thank Tyler Merritt for being here and sharing his story. If you want to learn more about Tyler and Nine Line Apparel, make sure you visit our website at americansnippets.com and check out the featured article of the week. That's americansnippets.com forward slash 086. We have a featured article on Tyler Merritt and Nine Line Apparel. And we'll also include some social media links there to uh, Instagram, Facebook, and the Nine Line Apparel website. Uh, again, it's our goal each week to feature stories that will not only inspire you, but propel you into action in your own life. Our mission here is to reawaken the people of this country and remind as many as we can reach that we are all Americans unified by the freedom and opportunities that we have been blessed with. This program is a meaningful platform that embraces positivity, promotes the American dream, supports those who honorably serve, and spotlights all the extraordinary things everyday Americans, just like you, are doing to make this country a better place. Join our movement and help us spread the word by sharing this on social media, sharing it with a friend, and don't forget to leave us a review and to check out the video interviews and inspiring stories we also have on YouTube as well. You can do that at American Snippets on YouTube. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next week.